Dolphins wind up on the outside of the playoff. I mean, you want to talk about a heck of a year. Baker Mayfield is the reason why this team is where they are. Aaron Rodgers, all the feels of an MVP type season. Welcome in to MNF IRE. That's how busy today has been. Black Monday at the end of week 17 in the NFL. Everything is going crazy. What a night ahead of us here now, lads. Joined by Brian, Colin, and also, well, we were joined by Mark, but now he is uh, the screen off, but it's all good. Uh, Colin, welcome in. How's it going? Yeah, Mark may be doing one of those virtual interviews uh, that Eric Bienemy was doing earlier on, so maybe that's where he was disappeared to. It's all good. Uh, Look, it, it's great to have you all here. It's such an important day in the NFL season. It's one of the busiest days in the NFL season with Black Monday. We are brought to you by Punda Arena, our friends over there. Welcome if you're watching on Facebook. Brian, hard luck last night, my friend. Yeah, not the conversation I was expecting tonight. I didn't think we'd make it. Yet we had a glimmer of hope, and then Mr. Peterson decided to tank. The Eagles didn't tank, in fairness to the 53 players. They put in a good performance. Down 10 nil early, came back for winning. Bizarre circumstance in the tour quarter. But I'm sure we'll get to it some stage. But uh, left, a bit of taste, left a bit of taste in the mouth this morning, aren't we? And a lot of firings today. And maybe Colin might be on the block as well. For, you know, he could be fired soon and he keeps wearing shorts like that on the show. So, can't, can't hear your brain. Got, got it wrong again. Shirt's too loud. Still have Welcome. an issue. Welcome to everybody who's coming into the show as well. And last but not least, we have our uh, Patriots fan at the bottom. It's Mark in Dublin. Mark, how are you? Not too bad, Michael. Not too bad. Look, you know, week 17's in the books, guys. It's truly a new year now with week 17 in the books. And uh, the business end is about to commence and we've dispensed with all the wenches. Um, you know, 14 teams survive looking to thrive and get to Tampa. It's good fun. And, and will they get to Tampa? The NFL has completed this 256-game season, defying the odds over COVID. They've got there one month ago. Hopefully, touch wood, it happens. Why do we have your attention, for any maybe part-time casual NFL fans, busiest month of the year? We've got content coming all week. There's games on Saturday. We've got a show on Saturday. We're going to talk about these teams in a few minutes. And we've also got a show on Sunday as well, three games. Really nice time, guys, for, um, for us. But let's start where it all started yesterday. I think the first 
game of real influence yesterday was the Bills against the Dolphins. And Colin, I'll start with you. The Bills coming out 56-26. The Dolphins missing the playoffs. Um, just your thoughts on you know the Bills again putting up a lot of points and really looking for real at this point. Yeah, and putting up points in with not just the first team. Um, I, I mean, and the thing was, Miami got off to a quick start, and I wondered, wow, are, are the Bills like a bit kind of hungover? Oh, they were seriously impressive. Um, Bird Flowers has done a wonderful job at Miami, um, but they were just absolutely uh, blown away yesterday. Um, I, I think, I think you know, you begin to wonder in the number three pick. Do they look with Justin Fields there? Do they do they roll the dice on that? That would be an interesting one. I I don't know if I've seen enough from Tua to say he's the guy. If you were to compare him to say um, Justin Herbert, um, he just I, I I wonder. But look, Miami have had a, a very good season given everything that Flores had to deal with. But the Bills are the real deal. No one is going to want to play them. Absolutely. Brian, what's your thoughts on the Bills? Is your opinion really starting to go towards them now? I still think they have a good shout in the playoffs, but I still find it hard to see how they'll go into Arrowhead and potentially beat the Chiefs. But the hours leading up to the game yesterday was quite strange because it started coming out around half hour Irish time that the likelihood is that they were going to start wrestling players very early on in the game. And the line from a betting perspective completely changed. The Dolphins became immediate favourites. The handicap changed, change. but to Carl's point, even the second players, the second team came in and did a sterling job and put up some high numbers. And McKenzie, three touchdowns, you know, quietly going about his business all season, doesn't get the praise that other players do, do. But he showed yesterday what an explosive weapon he is also on the special teams. But that touchdown, they're flying. They've got a tough one next week again. They're flying indeed. Brian, obviously, as a Patriots fan in that division, you must be delighted uh, about the Dolphins. But for me, do you not think the NFL times can be very unforgiving? People are talking about Tua, you know, in the draft so recently that he shouldn't be. Uh, you know, people are literally talking about maybe the Dolphins should, should should draft a quarterback. What's your thoughts on the Dolphins? You know, still a good season for them from where they've been. Well, well, Michael, it's been an amazing season for them. I mentioned uh, on our show on Sunday, um, they've gone effectively in points allowed on defense from worst in the NFL to best um, in terms of points allowed this season. Um, Flores has rejuvenated the franchise in two, um, two quick years. And between Fitzmagic and Tua, they've had two viable uh, quarterbacks this season. I, I think it's sad for Tua. You know, he was brought in after the bye and maybe rushed in a little quickly. Um, it was a bit surprising at the time. Fitzmagic had had a couple of great games. He hadn't turned into Fitzpatrick too many times. So um, they rushed into uh, Flores said, this is the franchise, this is the direction we're going. And um, he's kind of threatened to underwhelm, as Collins alluded to. I, I I don't know. I mean, Miami is that franchise since Marino, and I say this in terror as a Patriots fan, um, that they have not been able to replace that legend quarterback, and they've gone through so many iterations of it. And uh, two was meant to be the chosen one. And I'm like Colin. They've, they've, they, you know, going from such a great season, they've still got seriously big questions to ask about that quarterback position the most important position on the field um he's not done everything you want but hey changing it's very slightly michael if you allow me to the bills josh allen his first two years did not look like 
the superstar quarterback that he's looked like this year. This year, he has looked like a MVP candidate. And on that note, Brian, uh, sorry, Brian and, and Michael and Colin, I feel that I hope you can take my confession because in nominee Kelly, in nominee Alan, in nominee Spirity Mafia, um, this is, uh, forgive me, Bill's Mafia, for I have sinned. Uh, this is my first confession. I should not have committed so many crimes against the Bills this year and in years gone by. I have broken the sacrament. I did not honor by Josh Allen. I did not honor the fact that their defense would come around. I did not honor the fact that Sean McDermott has made such a difference to that franchise. And they are, as the guys just alluded to, seriously impressive this season. And that beatdown of Dolphins just iterated how no one, look at their last nine games this season. No one wants to play them. That includes the Chiefs. Um, and yeah, they look terrifying and scary. Michael, just on the Tua situation, I think the Dolphins and, and Columns touched on it. Will they, you know, take a flyer on another quarterback come the draft in April? Obviously, because they have the Texans pick so high up in the draft. I think, and again, look, it's very early days. I think they could potentially get a one back on Tua. I think there is teams there that would crack with the pressure leading up to the, the draft. There isn't as many quarterbacks available. I mean, the drop-off from Lawrence to Fields seems to be quite significant. But I think teams will have seen enough out to it to risk a one. You know, it, and I, I keep throwing the Panthers in there as an example. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater isn't the long-term solution. They're picking around six or seven. The likelihood is, okay, they might get a quarterback, but certainly not to the caliber of Lawrence and Fields. And I can see that's something, you know, they can look at. But um, I think this would be the right time. I think a one would come back for the Dolphins. I, I think the um, Josh Allen is going to throw everybody off. Um, it is a copycat league, right? And then something happens and everyone looks at it. Josh Allen, okay, you know, what? He's, he's, he had issues with passing accuracy last year. Josh Allen was 36th in rushing yards in the league last season. He is so different from any other QB in terms of what he can do with his legs. Only Lamar Jackson is anywhere near him. Um, he was ridiculous last year. He had 600 yards rushing. Um, he had nine, nine rushing touchdowns. Um, he, he offered that as a dual threat. Nobody else comes close. And so if you're assessing somebody and you're looking at their second-year stats and you're, or their first-year stats, and you're saying, maybe I'll turn it into Josh Allen. Well, do they have the physique and, and the, the dual threat that Allen does? That's something I think teams need to consider. Absolutely. And look, I think we can talk about the Bills all day. We are going to be talking about the Bills deep into January. As far as I'm concerned, this team is going to Tampa. Unbelievable performance again yesterday. Just the real deal. And on fire, unlike other teams in the AFC. We'll come back to that in a bit. Uh, like the, the NFC East was the big thing we looked at at the end of yesterday's show. Uh, and we'll jump on this now. Column, uh, Giants beating the Cowboys 23-19. Uh, I thought the Cowboys would win. Fair play to the Giants for doing that there. However, uh, on Sunday Night Football last night, uh, Washington got the job done against the Philadelphia Eagles, who seemed to stop playing at halftime. Um, I'll be honest, I fell asleep on the sofa at halftime and woke up, didn't know what happened. So I'm a lucky guy in that sense. But for a time last night, Colin, in the second quarter, um, when some Giants fans had went to bed, um, Washington were on the ropes a bit against Philadelphia. Yeah, um, it's such a, a strange one in, in terms of what what they, the decision they, they 
to pull Hertz. I it's baffling. It it doesn't make any sense because the even the guy who's backing up he. He, he say there's the issue with Wentz, right, and what they're going to do with that contract. But even if they move Wentz on, they were ever they were never really unlikely to keep this guy around as a backup anyway. So I I am as baffled as anyone, um, you know, in in, in ways because maybe it was it was purely just that he he wanted to to tank. Um, I never felt Washington were were that un- unstable. I, I always felt that they looked like they had more of a control in it than, than Philly. But then I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have any, um, I wasn't like Brian where, uh, you know, I had a stake in it. Uh, so it, I'm sure it felt a hell of a lot different if you were a Giants fan watching that unfold after your guys had done the business over the Cowboys, who we were told were the forum team in um, the NFC East, and the Giants stomped all over them. Yeah, the Giants' defense, which has played very well over the course of the season, they've had a slight drop off in the last couple of games, but they turned up yesterday. Dalton couldn't move the ball. And all of them had an interception at the end to seal the game, and then we tried to do, our, do ourselves. You know, out of the game by fumbling, but thankfully they got on it. But to the point of the Eagles game, it's all about the Eagles game. Two scenarios today I've read about, one of which is he wanted the sixth pick in the draft and not the ninth pick because he believes there's a drop off in six and nine. I don't really, I don't really buy that. And the second one is there's some people within the Eagles organization that still want Wentz to be the quarterback next season. And if Hurts continues to play the game and potentially pulls out the win, the problem then becomes even more difficult for next year because the GM and the fans will expectation will be their horse will be the quarterback and some people see it different that men should be the quarterback so you take that situation away that's that but the Eagles players themselves I read a few things today there were 16 Eagles players out of the game you know that before the game starts so that's fine you put up with that you see the Eagles players all week saying we're not concerned about what's going on elsewhere we're going to come out and we're going to play tough and, and by and large they all did and then on the sideline, you see players mystified by the fact that the quarterback's been taken out of the game. So the Eagles players did their business. They played well. The coach made the decision to tank. And this nonsense that he wanted to see what this, this backup quarterback can give. He hasn't played an NFL snap in four years. That's just a lot of cops well. And I was delighted today to see former Eagles players come out and question the, the Eagles. Because, look, yeah, let's be honest, the Giants people are the ones that are hacked off this evening because potentially we've had a, a playoff opportunity robbed of us but it was good to see the eagles players and something else that me and mark spoke briefly about last week i never really talked too much about it until it was mentioned today by a packers fan every playoff scenario yesterday teams played at the same times and by and large that's what the nfl tend to do in week seven did this game was the exception it went into sunday night football so you knew the circumstance before the game it's always different when the two games are being played at the same time and the only game yesterday outside of the ones that all had results going one way or in the other games was the uh, Cardinals-Rams game because it was winning your in for both teams. So realistically, that should have been the Sunday night football. The NFL screwed up there. And I said the NFL today are really disappointed with because the last thing they wanted to see on Sunday night football is what happened last night. They won't be pleased with it. So rant over. Delighted the Giants won. Long term, Mark said it last week, he thinks the Giants are in a better position of the three teams in which we support to do better next season. I really do believe that. I, I can see that we're making progress. And Jones looked a lot better yesterday, played a lot better. Two, two really good touchdowns. So I'm optimistic for the future. There you go. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, look, guys, intrigue abounds on this. And Brian, you know, Wayne Gallman at one point I thought was going to be the biggest goat and not in the Tom Brady sense in the world um, with fumbling that ball late in their game. But the Giants pulled off the win and congrats to them. They did what they had to do. Of course, as many people say today, yeah, but if the Giants won seven games, they'd be in the playoffs. So they could have taken care of more business earlier in the season. But the intrigue abounds in Philly because obviously if we're to believe certain rumors, Jeffrey Lurie is now being asked to make a decision between Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, saying their relationship is fundamentally broken down. And we're talking about quarterback intrigue in Miami and what are they going to do and is two of the answer. Philly have the thorniest quarterback question and cap issue for 2021 of any of the 32 teams. Um, and there are a lot of Philly fans who don't think Jalen Hurts is the solution. And for much of that game, yes, he was keeping it interesting. Yes, he ran in two touchdowns and he's dynamic with his feet. But throwing the ball, he seems to be found out. He does not have – guys, we had Jim Kelly on, on the show, obviously. He was talking about Josh Allen's arm. That rocket arm, he thinks it's better than Patrick Mahomes. It's better than Justin Herbert's. And, my God, there was one throw in that Buffalo game where it definitely showed that, yes, he is serious athletic talent. Jalen Hurts and the deep ball just isn't there at the moment. Maybe that will develop and come on. Um, but there are Philly fans that question, is Hurts actually the answer as well? So the intrigue there goes deep. In terms of what has gone on in terms of Philly resting players, look, you know, the Steelers rested Roethlisberger. You know, people do rest players. I, I will say this has a funny way of coming back to bite people. Um, Vishnu, as you know, is the supreme enforcer of karma in Hinduism, or Adrestia in Greek mythology, used to sit alongside Nemesis, the god of vengeance, in enacting wrongs that have been done uh, and turned them right. But I'm actually going to, I'm going to read out something to you, which is from someone very much closer to home on NFL. Okay. Um, I think this deserves the full, um, the full screen. Okay. Well, I'm going to read it anyway. So this is the line. I just called to congratulate you and your team for a great effort last night. Not good, but great. I think it's one of the best things to happen in the NFL in the last 10 years. And I don't know if they all know it, but they should be very grateful to you and your team for what you did. I believe so firmly in this, there is only one way to play the game and it's a regular season game and you go out and win the darn game. I'm just so proud being a part of the NFL and what you guys did and the way you did it. You proved that the game, there's only one way to play the game, and the NFL needed it. We've got too much of, well, they're going to rest their players, and they don't need to win, therefore they won't win. Well, that's not sports, that's not competition, and I'm a little bit emotional about it, but I'm just so proud. It's something I believe we all need to thank you for. That wasn't about last night's game. That was a message from the doyen of the NFL, John Madden leaving a voicemail yeah. to Tom Coughlin in 2007 after the Giants played to win in Week 17 against the Patriots when they did not need to win, when they could have rested players. And look how karma played out for them. You know, Eagles fans, watch out. 2021 might come to bite your back. And it'll come to bite them back when we get that schedule and you can earmark that. As if the rivalry wasn't fierce enough, you can literally gone up a couple of notches for next season. Sorry, one more point. Mark, you said about Horace potentially not being the answer there. Surely then, in a game of that magnitude last night, the situation that it is, albeit their season is over, shouldn't you not let a quarterback like, like that play the game and see does he pull out a win? Because then you know, you know you've got something there. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Doug Peterson clearly didn't. 
we um, we have some breaking news tonight, and it, is, it revolves a team that isn't in the playoffs, but I think it's substantial news. And as a Broncos fan, of course, we're going to look at this on the show. Uh, John Elway is out as GM. That's not the story. That is surprising, and it's very surprising, but that is not the story. It's obviously a massive moment in that franchise, because obviously Pat Bowlen, who is now unfortunately passed away, um, is in, is is in that picture. Woody Page column is saying something about uh, Vic Fangio and Drew Locke, which could have serious implications on Black on Black Monday. Yeah, well, Woody is a guy with a lot of connections in Denver, obviously, and Woody is saying that um, potentially this could change things. We were told for weeks as Broncos fans, Vic Fangio was back, Drew Locke was back, the Broncos were going to run it all back next uh, next year, and he he is now saying that this puts that in jeopardy, which makes sense to me in terms of your GM is the guy who generally selects your head coach. So if your GM isn't isn't that keen on the head coach, then that uh, could change things. Um, personally, i i would i would I would stick with a younger Q, the young QB over um, the seasoned um, head coach who I don't know if he can make that transition. Um, but it certainly is very interesting that Woody Page is saying that. Um, Brian, obviously, it's a huge moment in the franchise, but I know you're not a big Broncos fan, but Seriously, that's that's huge, huge news in, in the AFC West, Brent. Brent's on mute. There you go. You're not on mute now, mate. You're back in. I know the Giants didn't get it, but you're back. You're back. You took me off. You must be sick of me ranting. Um, I was just going to say, we've had conversation on the air, off the air, <clears throat> about the John Elvey situation. And I know you've been quite disgruntled about how he was managing things. So, Probably a breath of fresh air to see even that he's made that decision and finally he's listened to what's been said on the outside that it's time for him to pass the reins over to someone else and look at the interest to see. I think the talk now is more about not about Elway anymore, it's about okay, you've got a GM situation and who are you going to go after? You know, I see Champ Bailey's already been uh, spe- speculated as someone who could We'd go back to Dave Gatlin, couldn't we? I think Dave Gatlin could be a decent, decent guy. <laughs> Really? <laughs> no. Go, go, go with the professional. I mean, stay away, Denver, from the past legends and stuff like that. Elway, look, he brought another Super Bowl to Denver. He brought Peyton Manning to Denver. Um, he is and forever will be, guys, you talk about it more eloquent than I will, you know, an absolute legend of the game, an absolute icon, obviously, in Denver for the five Super Bowls, for the two Super Bowl wins and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think he's been found out as GM, ultimately. And realistically, from the outside looking, I don't think really they had any other choice than moving on from him and, and trying to get a, I don't want to say a more professional GM, but a more business-orientated GM. Maybe as someone that's slightly better evaluating quarterbacks, strange as that is to say, about John Elway, because that's certainly been a, a detriment in those last few years um, there. Um, but I'm surprised. I'm delighted they've made that decision in many ways. It's kind of like pushing Magic Johnson out of the Lakers and things like that. You know, it's kind of like taking that um, totem pole and saying, no, you're just hurting us more than helping us here at the moment, John. And time will tell. And while our viewer numbers go down, I'll get Colin to give the the last word of the Broncos when we go back to real yeah. playoff football. Just to say, I think um, I think Elway's first five years were incredible. I think he he brought in um, Peyton Manning and uh, just an unbelievable few years. I think what 
it, it's a rebuilding job now. And realistically, as a GM in this league, a GM is looking at putting in 80, 90, 100 hour weeks. That's that's the reality. Um, John Elway is 10 years. He's not getting any younger. It's it's tough um, when when it you, you're having to do the rebuild. And it's given the ownership situation in Denver, it's going to be tough to attract the likes of a Peyton Manning to come and, and to have that all-star cast. The Broncos need a rebuild. Thanks very much, John Elway. You've been absolutely fantastic as a QB and as a GM. Um, we move on from here. And he speaks in 45 minutes, so this show will end at 10 o'clock. Well, 35 minutes. Uh, let's get back on the football. Obviously, the end of the year in Denver, but uh, we'll not focus too much on the West because the Chiefs have already had already won the West. Uh, the Chargers beat them last night. Not too surprising when you had Chad Henney in a quarterback. They made a decent start to the game, but let's focus on the real football, the stuff that matters towards the wild card weekend now. The Browns column, the first um, first time the Browns are in the playoffs since Kino and Saipan. Incredible. Yeah, um, absolutely brilliant. And I don't know if, if anyone out there wa- saw the them calling it in the stadium. Um, really kind of uh, heartwarming stuff. Um, they they built they blew it all up last off se- season um, because they knew they had the team there. They knew they didn't have the right guy um, in as head coach. They brought in um, the the OC from the the Vikings who had done such an incredible job there, and they have been rewarded. This is a franchise where the fans deserve um, a chance at, at the playoffs. Nobody should go 18 years without going to the playoffs. Um, it's going to be really tough for them to have to turn around and go to, to Pittsburgh and, and, and try and um, do it all over again. But I, I'm pleased for the, the Browns. I think it was telling that they did it in a season where Odell Beckham has had a, a season-ending injury and they've done it without him. Yeah, Steelers, in fairness to them, played tough for the entire game. They kept the integrity of the league upright for that one, you know. But obviously there's a rivalry there. But to the Browns, yeah, like in fairness, they've had a good season. And there was a bit of a concern after last week's game against the Jets whether they were going to blow it. And to the game next week, it's going to be a completely different game. I mean, there were so many players yesterday that were either out because of injuries, out because of the COVID situation in both teams. Um, I just don't see the, the type of game we saw yesterday. It'll be a very different game. And I don't think he'll even get the scoring that we saw yesterday. But um, <clears throat> we'll come to the picks of the weekends. It's the first time back in the playoffs. Is it a case of happy with our luck? Or do they see themselves pushing on and potentially winning and give themselves a chance to pay the bills? We will come on to that at the uh, at the weekend. When there's just actually just a quick opportunity to show you. Uh, we are on, on for most of the weekend. Huge guest on Thursday. Massive guest on Thursday. That's all I can say. Go on to what Brian said there, Mark. I have um, I have the Browns beating the Steelers this weekend, but I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, I'll talk about that on our Saturday and Sunday shows when we're previewing it properly. But I'm not um, I'm not 100 away from you on that, Michael. Funny enough, the, this game had to be so cathartic for them. There was a horrible moment, and we said it on the show. So, like, there's every possibility the Browns should win this, but they could brown it up in so many not so many words because they just have a habit of doing this and and there was a moment i think especially on the onside kick uh where the hands team decided to try to take it between his legs a little bit like wayne garland subsequently did in the giants game you suddenly went they're not seriously going to mess this up like all the steelers needed was a field goal and and it was 
it was looking dodgy. But just that win itself, you saw the release from Baker Mayfield. You saw the release on the sidelines. Um, as Colin alludes to, Jim Donovan was the Cleveland Browns' longtime radio caller. Um, I think Joe Thomas has tweeted it out. The radio call he gives at the end is is just beautiful. Um, he There's 12,000 in the stands, and he says, oh, the Browns are going to the playoffs, and all we are missing is you. Now, I'm not a Cleveland Browns fan, but I love my sport. I love the passion that's involved. And, you know, that gets me. That gets me. And you can hear the passion in his voice when he says it. Um, they did just about enough, um, realistically. They had the game under control. They let the Steelers back into it. But now they're in the playoffs. Now it's a one-game shootout. Who knows? Anything can happen. It usually does. Anything can happen. Let's focus really quickly, lads, on the Titans. And let's focus on the Colts. It was a really good end in the red zone last night, if you're that way inclined, for me anyway. Uh, Colts winning 28-14. Never really an issue. It was quite squeaky bum for a bit against the Jaguars or Jaguars, as Mr. Khan would have a say after today's statement. Uh, but the Titans leaving it late, Colin, big time against the Texans. 41-38 winners. That field goal at the end was legendary stuff. Derrick Henry looked like a man repossessed by the end of that game. Yeah, well, I think Brian had said it. He he went for um, 200 plus yards in his previous two games against him, and he goes for 250 yesterday. Um, I I had said I think on on the show Deshaun Watson will have a great game, and the Texan will still lose. Um, I would sell the farm and everything on it to have Deshaun Watson as my QB. He is a special player. He is it for the Texans, but he is brilliant. He is just so good as a QB, as a leader. Um, Titans did it when when necessary. Um, we we still don't know what exactly they are. Um, at times they're fantastic, and at other times the the Browns beat them up in that first half really did a number on them. That was probably the most impressive f- half performance I've seen was the Browns in that opening half against the Titans earlier in the, the year. So I don't know what to expect from this Titans team. They can be fantastic if Henry can get going, but if you can contain him, you really take away a huge amount of their threat. I didn't know Collins Farm was up for sale, but having a quarry in the morning. Um, oh, the Texans, another team that played to the very end this weekend, been nothing to play for. Oh, there we go. Divisional rival. Um, the Titans, yeah, look, the Titans did what they had to do. I thought it was very interesting in Indianapolis that the Colts made a decision to turn off all the screens, monitors, scores from all the other games and just focusing on getting them to win because they had the luxury of the fact that the Dolphins had got beaten. And a couple of weeks ago, leading into this playoff game this weekend, we spoke about the Titans all dancing on the Baltimore Ravens halfway, halfway line, halfway line in Baltimore, and we said, Karma can come back on you and bite you. And lo and behold, we have the Ravens going into Tennessee this weekend. Makes for a great game. I know where I'm going on that one. Well, well, I'll tell you where I'm going. I'm going over to the Tower of London. Um, Nobody's going there at the moment. I'm nicking one of those crowns. I'm getting the Star of India. I'm putting it into the crown. I'm going over to Tennessee, and I'm putting it atop (laughs) of King Derek Henry's head. Um, my God, the eighth player in history to rush for over 2,000 yards. Um, as we said, 250 yards yesterday. He is the, uh, I said it last week, he said he's the best running back in the NFL. I don't think that's a massive shock, I'd say. Um, Ryan Tannehill as well, sneaky efficient, another 41 points. He's actually been sneaky efficient on read options. Um, when you see him peeling off after everyone's tried to tackle Henry, you kind of go, oh, got, no, got away with another one there, Ryan. Um, but like Colin, what are they? Because their defense 
is atrocious at times. They are not the Titans of last year, where they relied on a really strong defense as well as the running game. They are getting involved in shootouts. They are having to keep putting points on the board because they now can't trust their secondary. They now can't trust that they can put away those games. And that, I think, will be their Achilles heel, especially, we'll talk about in due course against a team like the Ravens. But fair placement, they needed to win it to win the AFC South. They did their business. That's what they needed to do. And this is my segment where I now jump over a number of teams. The Ravens won yesterday, fair play to them. Tampa Bay looked like Brady found a new set of legs. Looks like a 20-year-old. Unbelievable. Uh, Kirk Cousins, very impressive in a 37-35 win yesterday. Over 400 passing yards. Get him in Denver, call him. Um, uh, and then also a few more games to go at, but we're really quickly, Seahawks beating the 49ers in Arizona. I think that game was in. Uh, two games to look at before we look at Black Monday. Uh, first off, the Rams going up against the Cardinals. Uh, we all picked Colm. Well, I did anyway. I picked the Cardinals to, to win this game. There was no issue uh, in terms of that there until the game actually started. John Walford, or Walt, Walford? What? Can we just call him, can we just call, can we just call him Watford or Waterford or something? Um, they won the game, 18 7. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what my pick was. I, I said, I did comment on Walford being the unexpected, and I did comment on Vance Joseph as your defensive coordinator. Bad things happen when your Vance Joseph is in and around your franchise. It's just not, it's not good. Um, they have Isaiah Simmons. They don't know what to do with him. Um, probably the, the stud defensive player in, in last year's draft, and he just looks lost. Um, you, got, you feel a bit for, for the cards because... Um, they were missing um, players yesterday, obviously. Um, really interested to see what they do in the offseason to try to build that. But I would, if, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm going to have concerns with Vance Joseph as my defensive coordinator. Colin, you're the only one of the, of the forwards to pick the Rams, as it happens. So there you go. Fair play to you. But uh, the cards aren't the cards aren't the same team. Like we saw it when Morty was injured in the game in Seattle. The two or three weeks after that, he never really got going, teams were beating them. He only started looking at himself recently. He got injured early in the game, completely changed the dynamic of the game. Put the Rams in a better position because defensively, even though they were playing with a first-time quarterback, they weren't playing with a first-time defense and that defense held up and got them the win that they, that they needed. But we'll have to see if Wofford, Waterford, Walford, the dog of EastEnders, whatever he is, We'll see how he gets on when he goes into Seattle this weekend against another defense that has emerged over the second course of the season to be really good again. Yeah, I, I was going more Wolford like EastEnders, Brian. We just want to hear the, the, the dun, 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 music behind him uh, when he's playing. That um, might pop. Yeah, they, they, they didn't need him in the old Vic, uh, clearly, um, so they sent him over to the NFL. But um, they didn't need... John Wolford, they didn't need offense last night. The defense in themselves outscored the cards nine to seven, effectively, with a touchdown, the safety. Troy Hill, second game with an interception return for a TD against Arizona this year, um, and that defense <clears throat> continues to step up um, for the Rams. They've been one of the most impressive units in the NFL this season, especially as we've alluded to before in the second half when they've made adjustments. I mean you got to give credit to teams taking care of their business. I mean, the Colts, I mean, yes, they were playing the Jags. They took care of business. They did everything they needed to do. They won their game um, and were able to take advantage of Miami slip. The Rams, likewise, definitely took care of business, even with the absence of Jared Goff. The big question for me for them 
Um, and I am sad to see the Cardinals the way their season went, etc. But like for the Rams, can Jared Goff and to a lesser extent Sean McVay turn it around on offense when things go against them? Is the plan B going to work? Because in their recent slippages, they've fallen into the old patterns that once someone stops plan A, they don't have that plan B. But give that defense a chance and they could do magical things. Six words. Rams are not winning in Seattle. And we'll move on and we'll talk about that at the weekend. Um, last game to talk about before uh, we talk, that we, that we, that we, before we look, sorry, at Black Monday. It's been a bit of, I, I'm exhausted. Today's been nuts. Um, the Packers, we all picked the Bears on the show last night. Just before we talk about that game, I didn't give a lock of the week last night. I didn't. Um, so I'll give two for, for the wild card games. Packers won 35-16 column uh on behalf of this whole show would you like to issue an apology for the uk and irish packers the dublin packers group all all the packers fans and she says to follow us from around the world yeah we shouldn't have doubted aaron Rodgers. um we talked about how good he was and and has been and, and mr mvp um and he just he showed it last night um I think you know strange things happen in this league. We, we wondered um, could could the Bears do it? No, Aaron Rodgers um, he stomped all over their hopes and dreams, but they're still they still got into to the playoffs. Um, you know, and uh, the Bears are just such a strange team. So, uh, you know, started so well, dip, um, then kind of come back. But then, would would you have any faith in their QB going into the the playoffs? Um, the the Packers are are serious. Uh, I think we had done the talk about who we expected to go to the Super Bowl a, a few weeks back and they are the the team I think coming out of um the NFC I, I they are just Rodgers looks he I mean he threw more touchdown passes than they had punts think about that that is ridiculous Mike I thought the knock of the week was our way to finish up as GM no the <laughs> um, fairness to the Bears I know the Packers won I know we didn't go with we all went against the Packers the Bears were still in the game too late in the tour quarter. And look, I know the game went away from them, but it's, at the same time, the Bears dropped off because I think the realisation was coming through that the Cardinals game was moving, in the, was moving in the wrong direction from a Cardinals perspective. And the Bears knew that they were going into the playoffs. So they had to kind of refocus on next week. The second, fourth quarter was a poor game. Nothing really happened. The game fizzled out. The Pack won. The Pack have got the one seed. But yeah, we, we shouldn't have dealt with them. There's a few people gunning for us at the moment, Packers fans, and certainly for, for some people who don't think they'll make the Super Bowl. But uh, that's the coming a few weeks. Yeah, but they shouldn't gun because I think when we talked about the Super Bowl a while back, a couple of us, I'm definitely one, said I'm banking on the Packers to get to the Super Bowl to face off against the Chiefs. That's my bet. That's my pick in relation to it. Obviously, now they've got the number one seed. They have the inside track to that. The one caveat I'll say about the Packers, and I'll keep saying it, is We've waited since 2010 for them to get back even to the championship game. Like, this is what we need to see from them is coming back. Uh, sorry, to get to a Super Bowl. We need to see the performance in the playoffs continue on. But Aaron Rodgers has been amazing. I think he will be the NFL MVP this season. Not only have they more passing touchdowns than punts this year, but Aaron Rodgers within the opposition. Josh Allen. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers, Michael. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. No, but he's, that, I know I'm just referring to that stat. So is yeah. Josh Allen. 
No, yeah, no, but um, no. the other great stat for, for Rodgers, and Alan has a great one about his performance within the red zone, has never in a professional career thrown a pick and has run for 22 touchdowns as well. Rodgers this season, 44 touchdowns and zero picks inside the opposition 45-yard line. Once he gets over halfway, he just goes to work. And it's not just him. Matt LaFleur, as we've talked about, should be the coach of the year. He has done a fantastic job. Aaron Jones gives him a real threat at receiver. Sorry, at running back. And as a receiver, Devontae Adams is electric. He runs the best, sharpest routes in the NFL. He runs everything on that root tree, and he has all the skills available to him. Um, so, but let's also give credit to the Bears. Like they, yes, they lost, but they're in the playoffs somehow, some way. The Chicago Bears are in the playoffs. Congratulations to all the Bears fans out there. It's obviously been a roller coaster oh, year. It's been a, it's been a really tough year for them, but they've got there. But here's the funny thing for the Bears as a franchise: what's difficult for them? Yes. I don't trust Mitch Trubisky. He has had actually a surprisingly good season in many ways, actually, but I don't trust him. But look at the Bears' history. He is now, this week, he became the third quarterback in Bears' history ever to throw more than a 1,000 passes for the franchise. Jay Cutler, Jim Harbaugh, and Mitch Trubisky. It is not just this year they have suffered for quality quarterback play, and a franchise that storied, and that passionate deserves better than that. That's my idea of purgatory. Those three boys sitting there on the sofa. Well, I get on. Yep, have a seat. Um, look, I'll say this, and, and, we'll, and we will move on to the uh, to the firings. Well done to all the Green Bay Packers fans. This team played very well yesterday. Let's see if they get to the Super Bowl. Drew Brees apparently is going to retire. He is not going to retire, um, giving up and holding the white flag. As a Broncos fan, seeing an old guy retire and somehow win a ring, thing, it's not going to happen. The Green Bay Packers will not get to the Super Bowl. And the Bills are winning anyway, so it's all good. Uh, look, really quickly before we look at the firings, gentlemen and ladies, to everybody watching, Wildcard Saturday starts with us at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, we've got three big games going from 5 past 6 in the evening all the way up until early Sunday morning. Big game there, Rams-Seahawks, but look at that Colts-Bills matchup. Woof! Uh, Sunday. Ravens, Titans, Bears, Saints, Browns, Steelers. Big game, late game on a Sunday night there. The Browns facing up against the Steelers again. We're live 9 a.m. Saturday, 9 a.m. Sunday. Um, and for anybody else that's maybe tuning in and out of this, we're live Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Because why not? I'm in lockdown because I'm in the north. I have nothing else to be at. These boys can work it out. I mean, maybe whenever it's announced tomorrow, lads, who knows what's going to happen. But anyway, um, let's jump on Black Monday. Now, I think we could go on a merry-go-round here, but as we've just lost Mark while I'm talking right now, oh, he's back, okay. Last night, late into the night, and correct me if I'm wrong, Colin, but Adam Gase was fired before I went to bed. Nearly certain. Yeah, I mean, Gase, well, everyone knew that was coming. That that had kind of leaked um, before the, the weekend even. Um, so the, the Jets are... Um, that will be interesting to see who... You, look... They're only 32 head coaching jobs in the NFL. You will always find somebody to, to take it and you will find somebody to take um, just about any job. But 
Um, certainly, if you had a choice of uh, destinations, if you're a head coach in demand, is the Jets really where you want to to be going? Um, a lot of uh, questions for for them. A lot of questions around the QB situation there and what they will do. I think, by the nature of last night and this morning, in terms of the uh, the, the requests and applications put in to interview head coaches. Um, by the Jets, Eric Bieniemy, Brian Dammel from the uh, the Bills, the offensive coordinator, they've already put a request in to interview him. I mean, they weren't leave, they weren't wasting any time. So look, we all knew it. this decision was made a long time ago. It was just a case of getting to the end of the season. I think it was more interesting is some of the ones that have gone on since then. But for the Jets, I mean, they moved on weeks ago. The, the thing is, whenever you're firing your head coach or indeed your head coach and your GMs and things like this, the organization itself has to take a long, hard look at itself also and say, well, hey, did we create the right environment? Did we give that person the right tools uh, and circumstances to succeed? You look at what San Francisco did a few years ago. The York family looked long and hard and they said, no, do you know what? We're going to reset the whole thing. We're going to hire Lynch and Shanahan together. We're going to give them seven-year contracts. We're going to give them the room to breathe and hopefully succeed. Panthers have done a long-term deal with Matt Rule on a similar basis. Um, the reality, however, is that not only should organizations do this, I mean, think of Nietzsche's great line, you know, be careful when finding monsters, you do not become a monster yourself. That when you gaze into the abyss, the abyss too gazes into you. You must do that self-analysis and introspection. The reality is the Jets won't. They're the most dysfunctional franchise out of 32 franchises. Colm said earlier on, no team deserves to be 18 years out of the playoffs. Yes, there is one, the Jets. They deserve to be 28 years, 38 years out of the playoffs. They will self-sabotage any way they see fit. And I don't really think what head coach they hire, because organizationally, they will screw it up or they will screw them up. Yeah, and another one. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. I just want to make a point on Mark's <clears throat> commentary on the Jets. Fine, they might not make the, the head coach. They may not get the head coach decision right. But I do think Joe Douglas, the GM, has an opportunity. He's two first-round picks, two second-round picks. The difficulty for the Jets is, if you look at the division going forward, okay, the Dolphins may stick with two or they may go a different direction. They've got the number three pick. They're going to get someone really good. They've just finished 10-6. and six. They could push on next year. The Bills, Michael would be happy to know, look like they're going to be around for a while. And I don't doubt that Bill Belichick will find an answer at quarterback and rebuild the team. So as much as the Jets can do with a lot of picks, you still find yourselves in a very difficult situation of playing catch-up in a division against the rest of the teams who are streets ahead of them at the moment. Going from that division, and obviously on Brian talking there, it's, I think it's a very interesting point about Bill, about Bill Belichick, and time will tell if a story franchise like the Patriots will come back or if they really are done. Uh, let's not jinx it any more than that. It's great to see the Broncos take a bit of responsibility tonight. Um, Anthony Lynn out as the Chargers this morning. I informed Anthony uh, we've made a decision to part ways with him as our, as our head coach. Blah, 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 blah. Anthony Lynn is fired. I'll never forget, I seen Colin Anthony Lynn in Mile High chatting to Vance Joseph two years ago, laughing his head off, and he's only been fired now. Three years ago. Yeah, well, he, he started well, but it, it's just all kind of gone wrong over the, the last couple of years. And, and even the wins at the end, it, to me, it makes sense. A lot of people saying they, you know, they won out, but um, they have a really, they have a really talented roster and they have found a the probably 
outside of Josh Allen, but certainly the most exciting rookie QB. Um, Herbert has been electric. Uh, the kid had no OTAs, had no offseason, came in from college, wasn't supposed to be the starter, ends up the starter due to uh, medical uh, malpractice, and um, it just looks like a superstar. Just incredible what he was able to do with that Chargers team who, you know, aren't, you know, fantastic while they have while they have a lot of talent. So to me, I totally see why they decided they want to get a young guy in uh, an offensive mind um, because they have a window. You have Justin Herbert, who's so talented. You have him on a rookie contract, right? This is the time to build around him. Anthony Lynn seems, by all accounts, very nice guy, just not head coach material, um, will, will undoubtedly get another coaching job in the league. But he was only ever going to tread water there. They realistically, what any franchise should aspire to, um, and, and Mark is absolutely correct, the Jets never would, but what you should aspire to is trying to win a Super Bowl. That should be your aim every single year. Um, the That's what the Chargers are doing. Um, they take a lot of flack, but in fairness to them, they've made the right decision for me here. Anthony Lynn, they were never winning a ring with him. Justin Herbert is a QB who could, could if he continues to, to grow and develop, be a quarterback good enough to, to win a ring. You need a head coach to match that. Um, be interesting. To me, they are probably the most attractive landing spot, more so than Jacksonville. Um, they are the most attractive landing spot for any head coach um, out there. Yeah, um, yesterday morning's previous show, I asked the question, will he be able to deceive the owners with four wins in a row? But thankfully, that's not the case. To me, they're the most attractive openings so far anyway in terms of the head coach positions available you're getting a quarterback like Herbert and they do have they do have some really good players there but Colin in terms of charges winning a Super Bowl one they're in the division with Mr Mahomes and he ain't going going anywhere and second of all they're playing in LA in a nice nice stadium there's no fear of God for any teams going into play there there won't be even when the fans are back so I can't see how the charges will be challenging anytime soon yeah, but at least this season without any fans, they haven't had to practice their, their silent counts when they're playing at home, uh, which has been a pleasant change for a Chargers quarterback. Um, I, I can't agree more with the guys. I mean, to me, this is a simple no-brainer if I'm the Chargers and if I'm also Eric Bielmi, offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, who's being pursued by a number of teams. If the Chargers give me a call, I'm going, yes, please, LA is a nice place to live. It's good weather. You've got the best setup. You've got decent ownership that will give me a chance regardless. So they gave Anthony Lynn certainly more than enough chances. Um, and I'm going to have Justin Herbert. And, you know, I've had some fun with Patrick Mahomes. And let's see what I can do with Justin Herbert. It's uh, a simple construct for me. You know, a, a word on Anthony Lynn. He is, I, I think he's been a great coach in many ways. I think he is a great coach, sorry, I should say. 12 and 4, obviously, in one of his seasons, he seemed like he was getting it all together. The last two, however, have been huge disappointments for the Chargers organization. I mean, realistically, you could take the last two minutes of most Chargers games for the last two years and put it on a backing track to the birdie song, and it would probably be appropriate for some of the foibles and missteps they've made. Um, before we move on to our last topic, there is one topic we haven't talked about, boys, and I want to just bring everybody into this. Ha, 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 ha.
think we could put that on for the next two minutes. It ends with how about those Cowboys? The Cowboys really messed up, lads, but you know, at least the Giants beat them, eh? Uh, our last topic. That is, that is a great consolation, Michael. That's to see that the Cowboys. You know, we haven't beaten them in how many games. End of that course. Michael, just, just on that. But Michael, just on that, we're talking about hirings and firings. Um, Jerry's usually not too shy about exercising the quick hook, but um, he's never fired a coach after his first season. And I'm just curious, your thoughts, like Mike McCarthy still safe? If Jason Gart gets how many years in, in Dallas, boys, I could end up controlling a FTSE, a FTSE 500 company for at least a decade. Let, let's be honest. like not going to happen. Wasn't it nice to see Jason Garrett put the final nail in their coffin yesterday with some nice play calling, especially on that that end around on the first touchdown? <laughs> Look what you started. I'll say that. And also, um, it's I'm a two hour special on. episode, is it? No, it's not. We're we're gonna stop when Liverpool lose. Basically, it was thirty seconds. Oh, um, our last topic tonight is from the London Jaguars owner, uh, Shad Khan, uh, AEW. The same thing. Week seventeen, Black Monday. I'm committed to Jacksonville. Blah blah blah. blah. Um, Colin, let's round it off because we're gonna stop talking about no playoff teams, and we're gonna look at the wild card from now on. Is Trevor Lawrence insane? To go to Jacksonville, i.e. London in 2024. Um, no, I mean we talked about it yet no, yesterday. Now, I yesterday I I think Jacksonville has a lot of things going for it. The state of Florida doesn't you don't you don't pay income tax, happy days. Um, when you're earning millions and millions of dollars, that tends to make a difference. Um, but the other what really concerned me today, if I'm a general manager um, in terms of the Jets being dysfunctional. Khan said he is going to take charge of personnel. Like, that is that is crazy town. You have seen what that uh, Jerry Jones has done with the Cowboys. Um, why, why, if anyone said, other than the millions and millions of dollars, um, you know, what first attracted you to millionaire uh, Paul Daniels, Debbie McGee, um, why would you go to Jacksonville if you're not going to be able to do your job? If Khan is going to be the personnel guy, a how is he going to do that with all his other businesses? It's ridiculous what he said today. I think um, it would certainly make people think twice because if you see what um, Jerry has been like in Dallas and when he lands you with the players that he wants and not necessarily the players you think the team needs in the the draft and what that leads to that is all sorts of ridiculous so to to me um jacksonville has a lot going for it and they're not that far removed um from going to the the championship and putting it up to the patriots i'm sure they give uh mark a, a scare or two um but they invested in blake bortles whoops um they had a serious defense at one point um i, I still think um that uh, lawrence will end up there um but Khan's statement definitely i he should he should not he should have stopped talking today he um as well as the Jags are run, there's also a lot of dysfunction there because you just don't seem to do things by the book. You should just have a GM, let him run the, run the show, step away from it and let him do the work. When Tom Coughlin went back there 
which was a strange move. He was the head of player operations, so he was the one selecting the players, but yet there was a GM there. So what was the GM doing? What was his role there? Again, that didn't work out too well. And now this statement today is a bit bizarre because he's going around the houses here in terms of what he wants to do. Just select the GM, let him run the show, step away, focus on getting them to London. Jerry Reese, who's starting to get a lot of opportunities in terms of GM interviews, two-time GM, Super Bowl champion, Mark, beat the Patriots twice, put two teams together to beat the Patriots. He's going to interview with the Panthers, and there was a lot of talk he was going to go interview for the Jags, but he's probably looking at the situation going. Seven-year contract for Matt Rule, potentially go and work with him. But yes, please, I'd rather take that than go work in the Jags and God knows where to be in two or three years. Yeah, Brian, and, and Nick Casario is being hunted by the Texans again for the be their GM and, you know, John Robinson and uh, Scott Pioli. And, you know, it tends to be when you win six Super Bowls rather than two, they tend to try and poach more people from you. Um, but uh, notwithstanding that, talking about the Jags, talking about the Jags, um, Doug Marone, look, he, he more than gave me heart attacks. I was in ribbons, I think, at that 2018 AFC Championship game um, where he had Blake Bortles, Leonard Fournette, and a very, very impressive defense playing lights out. And uh, if it weren't for Tom Brady and Danny Amendola making a few connections, um, the Patriots would have been dumped out and the Jags would have gone to a Super Bowl. But um, it's all gone downhill from then. Uh, from there, um, Marone that season effectively saved his job. He was definitely on the chopping block coming up, and he pulled out a great season. Um, it bought him two more seasons. He's not the answer. He's again into this category of very good coaches, very good coordinators, but not one I would rate as a head coach sufficiently. And and of course, remember the weirdness of him leaving the Bills back at that time, and then going to the Jags, and that whole dynamic. Uh, again, you know, we're talking about karma this week. Uh, maybe karma ultimately came around there and he walked out of a a, a growing, burgeoning franchise um, uh, with what the Bills have created subsequently. So um, right time, right decision. I do think it's an interesting job still. I do think even though the front office is going to be crazy, Trevor Lawrence is going to go there and coach is going to be interested in it because why would you not want to coach? Allegedly one of the greatest quarterback prospects of all time, you know? And don't get me wrong. Coaches have egos. Coaches have egos. They see themselves putting themselves up with Chuck Noll and Terry Bradshaw, you know, Bill Walsh and Joe Montana, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and they just want to add in X and Trevor Lawrence into that list. One one of the things that I think would be interesting is who do we think are potentially some of the top head coaching candidates for that people we talked about the enemy for me Robert Sala out of the 49ers for the job he has done which is ridiculous um what what about are there any other guys that stand out to either of you well Brian Brian Davil who's already been requested for an interview with with uh, the Jets I'd imagine he's going to get a few more opportunities and then they seem to be going back to the to the old school of poaching offensive coordinators this year because last year teams are very reluctant to take chances on them but it seems like that's come around again and they're all going to go looking for offensive coordinators just one more point sorry Colin, not to not to answer your question mark the the patriots guy who's who's on the uh who's hot who a lot of teams are after unless you pronounce his name again nick casario Serio, he's the guy that joins the line up and get him and walks away. Yeah, that seems to be the general. Oh right, okay. You no, honestly, that seems to be the general consensus, and that could happen this this offseason. Thank you, Um, but coming back to Colin's question, look, last season 
the teams did not take coordinators. They they really poached, you know, they took a few retreads. They took some coaches from the college ranks. If rumors are to be believed, Urban Meyer is apparently in the right running for the Jags job, which would be, you know, the most fascinating college to football move, I would say, since Nick Saban, obviously, uh, back in his initial move to the Dolphins, probably will end as about as well as Nick Saban's did as well, um, to be frank, because coaching 53 grown men is very different from coaching a college uh, university with all of the great advantages and built-in benefits you get as opposed to a level more level playing field in the NFL. Um, Robert Sala, I agree with 100%. He should be a head coach. He has performed amazingly in the last couple of years and should definitely get the opportunity, and I'd love to see him. And, yeah, Brian DeBoll. I mean, the three of those guys, those three coordinators, definitely, I think, should fill three of the six positions that are ultimately up. But, you know, we get the old names being thrown out, the old retreads coming back, um, you know, taking another safe coach. Um, I, I have a feeling and a fear that some of the teams that have, you know, tried to move on dynamically are going to end up doing what the Cowboys did and going for someone like a Mike McCarthy type-esque coach just for stability and safety. And sorry, just one more. I, I, sorry, I think, I think it's fair to say I think Salah would have the pick of the jobs. I think between him and the enemy, it'd be a case of one and two, and whoever doesn't take one will take the other. But I imagine they'll have plenty of options to choose from. Yeah. Um, just to go back on what we were talking about before I skip that for a second, but the Jaguars, lads, I'm going to name a few places here if you don't mind, and we'll just round it up on that. Uh, Ontario, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, Utah, um, Sonora, Mexico, Monterey, Nuevo Leon, Baja, California, Sur, Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatoon, Winnipeg, London, Manchester, Belfast, Dublin, Cork, Galway, uh, Liston, Varna. Every one of those places deserves an NFL team more than Jacksonville. They are a joke, a complete joke. Every year we sit in the same position, sell the team. Sell the team. What is the point? Because the more and more this happens, the less London will want them and the more it will impact on our experience of the NFL in the future. Mark, I believe you have one point to end the show. So one point, it's because you bring it up, Michael, it's about the business of the NFL. So bear in mind, Roger Goodell wants to get the NFL to 25 billion of revenue. And there are two key things that have evolved this season that are going to help him there. Number one is this is the first season in NFL history that has a game, had a game played on every day of the week. And granted, that wasn't by design, but the ratings remain constant. The NFL still had 69 of the top 100 broadcast shows. And if you took out the political dynamics and debate, they actually had the top 18 shows broadcast in the US. And if you don't think that Roger Goodell and the NFL administration have said, so it doesn't really matter what day we put this out. People will watch and TV networks will pay for this. Happy days. You've you got another thing coming. That's going to be a massive issue. And the second thing is you keep saying the London Jaguars, but the Jaguars are never coming to London and no one is ever coming to London. London is the new Las Vegas. And the next time the NFL needs to squeeze another couple of hundred million out of a local city or a state for a new stadium or new things, they're going to put that specter of London in the back background and threaten them and leverage them. They had Las, sorry, Los Angeles for years. They then had Las Vegas. They've both gone. So London is now the new ghost in the background, if you like. And business Maybe. of the NFL has been good this year. 
And maybe instead of bringing the team to London, they could just start a league in Europe <laughs> again. Uh, anyway, we'll be back on Saturday for all these lovely games. Colts, Bills, Rams, Seattle, Bucks against Washington. Big game there in Washington. Big game. I'm being serious about that. I have a lot of things to talk about in that game. Uh, also, Sunday, Ravens, Titans, Bears, Saints, Browns, Steelers. We have got a huge guest on Thursday at 9 o'clock. You're going to literally turn on and go, really? How did they pull that one off? Um, seriously. Good guest on Friday, and then we're at 9 a.m. Saturday and Sunday on the Irish NFL show Twitter account and on Pundit Arena on Facebook. For any breaking news, both tonight and overnight in regards to Black Monday, you can follow us on Facebook. Um at the IRE NFL show and it you know just seeing what you said there Mark it is it is it is the young against old in Washington it could be Tom Brady's last NFL game I it's talking about Problem. young versus old I can't wait to see how many angry angry Floridians show up in Northern Ireland uh, with pitchforks outside of uh, Michael McQuaid's house uh, given the things you've said about the state of Florida I live in Tyrone in Dungannon, opposite the golf club. Come and find me. Until then, until Thursday night, boys, uh, thanks very much. See you later. And, uh, well, with tonight's news, go Broncos. See you later. Good luck. Thank you.